Thank you for joining me for the last episode of season two. This episode is going to kickstart a new series for me. And that series is kind of, you know, uh, roughly uh, titled, uh, you know, classics and lore that almost got away from me last year uh dune almost got away from me the expanse series almost got away from me i mean maybe it wouldn't have gotten away from me forever but i was so late to the game that i felt like wow it's possible that i could have just never have discovered these and that made me feel like man i want to find more things that I am late to the party on. And so today, <laughs> for those of you who are ever in conversations and they're talking about, or like you're on a forum and you're reading comments, it's like, yeah, it's like those <laughs> crazy girls in Heathers. And you're like, yeah, uh-huh, ha ha ha. You know how you have to pretend like you know some stuff when you have no idea what they're talking about? Well, hopefully this episode will help you to not have to pretend like you know what the hell the Heathers is about because I already watched it and it's pretty good. Now, let's find out why. So Heathers. Heathers is a movie about three high school girls who are named Heather plus their friend Veronica. Veronica is their friend because probably because she's rich. They play croquet, croquet, croquet at her house. And the very beginning scene, she is the actual goal, if we can say that. And they shoot the ball and it bounces off her head. She's like <laughs> buried in the ground. Nevertheless, um, the movie progresses and you start to see what the hierarchy is between these heathers there's definitely a heather one because she's running the entire school single-handedly and everybody including the other two heathers veronica and the other student bodies are her um it's she runs everything and she does it in a very um evil way she's mean she these girls make mean girls look like an episode of um sesame street back when sesame street came on public television not the hbo version because what do they do on that station now like i don't even think i want to know what sesame street's about what does hbo have to what does a station that used to play or maybe still plays a show called real sex why would you put that on the same stage with sesame street a children's show i mean come on so anyway um Veronica, played by Winona Ryder, as I already said, she is the moral compass of the group, which is interesting to say, given what I'm going to go into soon. But, you know, everything that Heather tells her she has to do, hey, let's write a, a note to the big fat girl in school and pretend like it was from the Jacques. And why I say that like I'm French, Jacques, Jacques. <laughs> and pretend like it's from the jock and you know give her plenty of nights of you know complete fantasy because she thinks that this guy 
secretly likes her or what have you. So, um, Winona Ryder has these, uh, has this uncanny ability to forge any handwriting. So they commission her, she commissions her to write this note at lunch. And Winona Ryder does it because, um, unfortunately she's a victim of social pressure and that means more to her than following her own way. And, but before Winona, which she always caves, um, before she caves in, she's always kind of giving that m moral compass. She always throws out a moral softball. Like, man, I don't want to do this. You know, she seems okay. She's quiet. Let's leave her alone. And then the number one Heather who... Her designation as number one is by her rare, wearing this red um, sash around her hair. And whenever they play croquet, she's the red ball. You know, everybody wants to be the red ball, but she's the red ball. And so Winona Ryder, she caves every time. And you're going to hear me say Winona Ryder or Veronica interchangeably because you guys know how I am. I, you are who the hell you are. I might say your character's name, but if your real name is a little bit more potent, I'm going to say that one. So she writes this note and she gives it to this girl and the girl totally takes the bait. You know, she goes over to the table after lunch and she shows it to the jock and the jock and his friends are like passing the note around and laughing because it's a complete joke. And I'm going to say this, she should have known better. I mean, like just because you're, you're, cast out and you're huge do you have no skepticism I mean like how would the jock all of a sudden like you when you literally see him sitting there with a the head cheerleader like whispering at lunchtime so that was incongruous I'm not gonna go down the incongruity route I'm just saying does she have any judgment or something I mean it didn't make sense but she did believe it and she kind of you know stormed out of the cafeteria she was devastated and Veronica looked at her and she felt bad for it. You could just see that Veronica was doing all the stuff that the Heathers were forcing each other to do, but she had a conscience about it. The other Heathers, their conscience either never grew or it died a long time ago. I don't know which one, like number one Heather, she seems like she was born consciousless. Is that a word? Number two Heather, um, her conscience seemed like it died. And number three, Heather, seemed a little bit too dense to even know what a conscious was. So there we go. Um, and may I also say that the stars of this show, which there probably were more, but their faces were only recognizable for me, not their names too, so forgive me. But I already said Wynonna Ryder. Then there was Shannon Doherty, which was Veronica, uh, Heather number two. I liked seeing Shannon Doherty in this role because I enjoyed watching her on 90210. That was my show back in the day. I cannot remember what day they used to come on, girls. But if you listen to this podcast, you looked at 90210. And we all loved um, Shannon Doherty on that, didn't we? Because we felt like, you know what, Kelly, she, Kelly's like the cheerleader or what have you, but Brenda was like the regular girl, you know, and Luke Perry for him to like choose her over and over again, other than like the obvious pick made us 
feel good, didn't it? I'm just saying, I was kind of little back then, but I'm just saying, I, I knew, I understood, you know, how that system worked well enough to be happy every time Dylan and Brenda were back together or something. So, <laughs> I like seeing Shannon Doherty in this because even though at first Shannon Doherty was like super mousy, like she didn't have an opinion at first. Um, she was like bulimic and, you know, Heather number one would deride her and she'd never give any clap back. And I'm like, you know what? I cannot wait to see remnants of Brenda Walsh because baby, even though Kelly was like the, the easy choice, I guess you could say for uh, Dylan baby brenda could she could give it with the best of them and bitchy brenda was kind of fun i'm just saying so i was kind of it was like almost a ticking time bomb on heather number two i was just kind of waiting for her to turn up at any point and um she didn't really disappoint really so of uh, the other notable mission mention not the only one but the only one that kind of mattered to me was Christian Slater. I've always liked Christian Slater. He gives you, he almost gives you that Rat Pack vibe, but not really. Like he went kind of his own way, but he gives you that Rat Pack vibe. And by that, I just mean like, you know, um, Emilio Estevez and, you know, those guys. He kind of gives you that a little vibey. He's kind of vibing that way a little bit to me, but while uh, Veronica and the Heathers are meandering around the cafeteria, they're soliciting this silly little, you know, give us an answer to this question so we can be added to the yearbook kind of question. Um, Christian Slater is in the corner of the cafeteria. He sits in the corner and I have got to make a mention right here. This means nothing to anybody else that watched Heather, but it does to me. There's this kid <laughs> who's sitting right next to Christian Slater and he is sleeping so hard. Guys, he's sleeping so good. He is sleeping so good. He's sleeping the entire time there in the library. And why is this significant? I just, you know, in my creative mind, I think to myself, okay, the casting is like, okay, we need somebody to play the sleeper or whatever in the cafeteria. And he's doing a magnificent job. It's like you have one job and your job is to sleep so good and he was sleep so good that dude did not move he looked like he was sleep for real this movie can be had on any free app you can find out there so go look at heathers and when you get to the cafeteria scene look at the guy sleeping he's obvious he's like in the shot he's not like you know a blurry peripheral guy he is in the shot that guy is sleep he is sleep i might need to go back and check for drool because he at some point, he fell asleep in real life because he just has that unconscious look about him. I thought he did a great job. Um, Christian Slater is sitting in the corner of the cafeteria and he is checking Veronica out. And he, to me, he can see the moral dilemma in Veronica. But he also likes what he sees. And she likes what she sees. And they are giving each other the eye the long way. Okay, they are giving each other the long eye. And... Christian Slater, I like Christian Slater. Like I said, I've always liked him. He's always been that solid actor that you feel like he'll deliver. I mean, he's not going to just like, you know, make you want to, you know, um, throw yourself at his feet or anything, but he's, he'll deliver. He's, 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 the, he's, yeah. Um, two things about Christian Slater. Number one, he always looks to me like a fan is blowing in his eyes. Like he always 
He has a very epicanthic look about his eyes, but it almost looks like it's only that way because they're blowing a fan into his face. His eyes always seem like they're fighting to stay open, which I find that so interesting about him. The second thing about Christian Slater, and I don't know why I'm like this and other people may feel the same way, his voice. He almost he always makes me feel like he's putting his voice on. It doesn't seem like it's natural. It probably is natural, but it just always seems like he's almost impersonating himself when he speaks. And I find it hilarious. And not only that, it makes it really difficult for me to get into. It makes it hard for me to believe him as an actor for like um, 88 percent of the movie. And then the rest of the time now I'm believing and then the movie is over. But, you know, it, it's hard to get into his character because he always sounds like he's impersonating himself. So now that you'll have that stuck in your head when you watch it, I hope you get over it a lot faster than I did. So he's checking her out and he can see that she's different from them and he likes what he sees and she likes what she sees. And at some point throughout the school day and the school days, they get close together and they kind of, you know, become. And I found Christian Slater to be what you would consider, what I would describe as uh, the kind of gothic kids I would have liked to see in that school, like the gothic guys I would like to see. He's got the dark, long coat, and he's got kind of the dark clothing, but like from the neck up, baby. Ain't nothing goth about that. He's cute. And the goth guys could have taken a number from him. Like, it's like, man, you guys didn't have to just totally avoid the sun like that. Y'all could have got tanned and stuff and still wore your black clothing. And wow, you guys would have been so popular with us girls because you guys we like that so anyway they get close and they hook up and they become one and the way they hook up is kind of weird because like he just appears in her room yeah he's the guy that's gonna crawl up your house and just walk into your room somehow that wasn't a problem the genre of this movie is very odd because it almost seems like it wanted to be a comedy but it didn't have enough confidence to be a comedy. So instead it decided that it was going to just be kind of like a mini, uh, 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 it was going to be kind of a, a, um, it just almost felt like it wanted to be slapstick. It almost felt like it wanted to be comedy, but it just didn't have enough confidence, but it was still an enjoyable watch because you didn't have to commit any brain cells. You didn't have to have any stress. You didn't have to feel talked down to. You didn't have to feel insulted. You'll just be able to go in and ride this ride for about an hour and 20 minutes and you'll get off and you'll be glad that you at least can add that to your catalog of, of movies you now know. So Heather, number one, she's the type of girl that she wants to rule everything. She thinks everybody is scum. She gets Veronica to go to this um, party with her. And the only scene where I see her have um, what could be considered a conscious was um, they go to this college party, which she forces Veronica to go and do, even though Veronica obviously does not want to do it. And they go to the party and they go to these rooms with these college guys and Veronica won, not Veronica, Heather won. She's in the room with him and he's like, you know, trying to get it in. And she really doesn't want to do it because she's only in like 10th grade or something. She's not ready. But, you know, she's got to have this, this, her street cred has got to stay high. So she ends up, you know, she has a split moment of conscience before she decides to service him in the worst way and um she goes ahead and she does that why not the writer she's in the room with her guy and she doesn't want to do it 
and somehow she gets out of that room but she's super duper drunk and when Heather finds her she's like come on let's go or you know come on let's party some more and Veronica's like no I want to go now and so she ends up throwing up and Heather's totally embarrassed because they look like such high schoolers you know throwing up and making a mess and embarrassing themselves so they go back to school and things begin to devolve for Veronica because she sees that Heather is just out of control and in passing to her boy Christian Slater who was her boyfriend I cannot remember his name in the movie but it doesn't matter because I probably wouldn't use it anyway but in passing she says something like "Ooh, she needs to die they end up breaking into her house like they just walk in they don't break a window they just walk in it's the day after the party and um she's hungover um and heather's upstairs hungover and she and christian slater just kind of walk in her house and um she decides that oh i'm gonna make her a hangover cure but i'm gonna make it nasty because she's so nasty to everybody else and oh she gets on my nerves she needs to die or something you know she says it flippantly but she didn't mean it christian slater is like hold my beer let me help you do this so he goes under the counter and he gets some industrial strength solution that's gonna kill and he pours it into a mug and he's like or a glass and he like give it to her and why not writer's like no you are tripping i'm not doing that so she's trying to first of all wrap her mind around oh my god i had sex with a guy that's actually joking about this but then she realizes oh my god he's not joking he really wants to do this so he's like She's like, first of all, there's no way that she's going to drink this. It's fucking blue. And who would just drink some mystery blue juice? So he's like, okay, let's put it in a mug. She can't even see it then. And so Winona Ryder is like, okay, you are tripping. So they both have, they both get distracted by something. And that distraction um, enables Slater to slip the mug into her hand instead of like she she mixed up orange juice and milk and she was like oh this will be funny to watch her blow chunks drinking this so he gives her the real cup the cup he wants her to have and they go upstairs and she's asleep and she tries to wake her friend up she's like oh wake up i want to help you to feel better and she's like oh what are you doing here and who said you can be here and they're talking and you know um heather's being the bitch she is and she stands up and she gets out the bed because Christian Slater basically calls her a chicken for not wanting to take their hangover cure. And he's like, oh, so what? I mean, I guess you're just going to be a chicken or something. You're not going to do it. And Heather, having a very high level of street cred, you know, she has got to have all the cred. She allows that to gold her into taking this damn cup of poison and she takes it and she face plants into her glass coffee table in her room and dies. And Winona Ryder is like, oh my God, what the hell, what the hell? She's freaking out like anybody would. And Christian Slater's like, okay, just write a suicide note. And we're going to leave it right here. And we're going to this and that. And we're going to leave and we're going to do what we have to do. So the school devolves into pandemonium because the students have lost one of their own. And it looks like suicide. And not only that, it's the most popular girl in school. So it just kind of turns and shakes everything upside down. The teacher's lounge is great. I love it. Why? Because like you can smoke in this teacher's lounge. I didn't get the year on this movie, but it was apparently a year where, you know, smoking wasn't a um, felony 
and you could smoke. And the teachers were in there smoking. They were talking about the students. Um, and I'm talking about talking about them, talking trash. Um, the principal, he was that dude. He, <laughs> I can't describe him. You just have to watch him. But he was just so matter of fact. And he just didn't give a hell about really anything that was going on except trying to get, you know, the business of the day done. He didn't have time to play. And what was the most, what was the sweetest moment about this is that the tree hugger tree, the tree hugger tree, the tree hugger teacher, you know, the social justice advocate that felt like, oh, we need to get the students all together and we need to hug each other and talk about our feelings. All the other teachers looked at her like, bitch, shut up, including the principal. And he was like, okay, moving on. You know, the SJW was treated the way that they should be treated now which is safely ignored. Ignore them and they have no power. So that was so wonderful to see. And every time they convened, the, the tree hugger always got shut down like she should have because she was just being silly. They continue to go on with their school life and they're trying to readjust to everything because Heather is dead and nobody can understand why Heather died. Heather number three, the one who is kind of missing a few brain cells, she has this big date coming up with one of the jocks and he has a friend and he wants, she wants to invite the other friend to kind of, you know, be her wing woman as it were. And she's like, man, I don't want to go. Uh, Veronica's like, I have a boyfriend. I don't want him to think anything because I'm going on a double date with you. Plus, dude, I don't want to go with these guys because they were your typical jocks. Another thing I loved about this movie was they rolled the stereotypes into oblivion. Jocks had on their bright red, you know, color blocked letter jackets. The cheerleader the cheerleaders had their little side ponytails up high with their, you know, platinum blonde hair. The nerds looked like nerds. The fat kids that nobody liked were the fat, you know, they didn't try to make it like, oh, we're all the same. and We all love each other because that's not what happens in reality. The reality is that people are going to do what they're going to do regardless. So I love that. But the cheerleader, he was like, Shh. Veronica was like, man, I don't want to do that. First of all, they're jocks. They're dumb because their idea of a good time is getting shit faced and going and tipping over cows. And the next scene, which again, Veronica, she has a moral compass, but she doesn't have any confidence because she goes on the date anyway. And what are they doing? They tip over cows and they're not having a good time. She's not having a good time because her friend, after they tip the damn cows over, is too busy looking like she's getting raped by the one guy because he's mauling her. And I think that if your legs are kicking and your arms are pounding his back, you're probably not having a good time. So whatever is whatever with that, you know, but it is what it is. And I just like that this movie was honest. It was honest for once in it was honest. And this is why classic cinema and, and book lore is kind of where I'm going to be parked for a while. Nevertheless, um, so she walks off because she doesn't want to have anything to do with the other guy I think that he tries to do something to her and she kind of kicks him in the balls and Christian Slater being the stalker he is was there and he looked at her and she was like oh my god don't think that it's anything I just came with her because she wanted me to be here with her she was nervous 
and Christian Slater's like, it's, it's all good. Come on. So they leave and, you know, their boyfriend and girlfriend, he forgives her. And um, so they continue on with the movie. And, and, and who gets, who do you think gets on the shit list next? The two jocks. And through a heated conversation in front of the school in the car, Christian Slater and Winona Ryder decide that they're going to kill these jocks. Christian Slater decides they're going to die. He tells Winona Ryder that I'm just going to shoot them with some blanks, but they have something in these bullets that's going to stun them and make them look dead, but they won't actually be dead. And she's like, you sure? He's like, I'm sure. All we want to do is scare the shit out of them. And we're going to leave like a bag there with like some gay uh, magazines, you know, some just some gay paraphernalia to make it look like, ooh, they had some reflect repressed gay feelings and when the school finds out they'll be so humiliated that they'll never be able to like you know bother anybody again so Winona's like yeah because morally speaking she can get her mind around that but killing them even though she killed her friend is not something she feels like she can do so they go to the woods and what the way she lures them is she calls them and she says, you know, at first I was nervous about what you guys were doing that night. But I realized that I wanted you guys both at the same time. But I was kind of scared because my friend was there and I don't want anybody to know. But if you guys are down, meet me in the woods at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning tomorrow and we can get that in. And he's like such a jock and led by his dick. So he. Is like okay so they meet up at the woods and she's in you know something suggestive making it look like oh we about to get it all the way in and she's like if you two are serious stand in those two spots and she has them stand standing in these strategic spots and she, she lifts the gun and christian slater's like now so she pow she shoots the one guy through like the adam's apple he falls dead now we know he did but she don't know he did yet because she thinks these are some fake bullets the other guy's a jock and he runs now, this is incongruous. If you guys want to take a shot when I say that again, like, is that going to be my shot word forever? But he's running. Now, Christian Slater is a, he's, he's this goth. He dresses like goth, but he looks like a model. Okay, so he's cute. But he should not have been able to catch this guy. This guy had all the muscles. Body was built like a one of the damn cows he tipped over. He had a really nice build on him. He's down to his skivvies at this point. And all he has on is like some socks and shoes. And he's running. And he's running like a damn guy who plays football for, you know, for enjoyment. And Christian Slater is like maybe 145 pounds and maybe five foot eight or something. He should not have been able to catch this guy, but he did. And really what he did was he circled him back around to where Winona was and gave Winona another chance to shoot him and he did no sooner than he did that were two cops who were in a car blazing that green they was getting high one of them said damn I know I heard that time he was like what he was like I heard a shot this is the second time so they go and they investigate the scene and they find those guys there so this puts the school into a real tizzy because you know they're trying to deal with all this tragedy that's going on these popular damn students are dying Veronica's conscience is kicking her ass because she doesn't like this and at this point she decides she's going to break up with Christian Slater because she has decided that he is the problem and she just can't stand herself anymore and she really can't stand him so she breaks up with him in the process of her breaking up with him he kind of starts making these secret meetings with Heather too 
and he encourages her to promote herself to Heather One, and she does. So she takes this, she opens up Heather One's old locker and takes the red sash. And she becomes the bitchy Brenda Walsh that I've been waiting for her to become. She, whatever conscience she had that was having her uh, react so mousy to Heather One is gone. She has put her hair into some serious spiral curls. And now she walks around school, you know, hating everybody like the first Heather did. And Veronica can't believe what she's saying because she's like, oh my God, you're nothing like I thought you were. I thought you were my friend. And Veronica is starting to feel like, you know, I am out of control. I don't know what I can do to right this wrong because this is all getting to be too much. What breaks the cam camel's back for Veronica is when she, um, the fat girl that they gave the note to at the beginning of the movie, she walks into traffic attempting to kill herself the good old fashioned way. Like the two guys that were in the uh, woods, they lied and said that they killed themselves because they had this gay lust for each other. But this one really, it really does make her go out there and try to kill herself. And um, it breaks the camel's back for Veronica because she already had a heart for the girl and didn't want to tease her the way they did. And it makes Veronica say, you know what? You got me messed up. I'm not going to do this anymore. So, um, before she has her bright idea and she's able to go in and save the day, Christian Slater kind of captures her and because he's been all this time since she broke up with him, been trying to get her back because he does love her, but he's a psycho. He's, he's, he is a serial killer. Like he's, there's no other way to slice that. There's a scene where he's talking to his dad and they're talking to each other in a very cryptic way. It's like, hello, son, is what he says to his dad. And his dad says, hello, father. And they talk to each other like they're the other person. And it's very cryptic and it's very creepy. And it's almost like, okay, these two, now that I see Christian Slater as a, a serial killer, they might not be father and son. They might just be killers who live together or something. So in Christian Slater's history, he's bounced from school to school to school to school, probably because he's been killing folks. And when they get too hot, they move. But um, so in the end, Christian Slater ties um, Winona Ryder up to a boiler or something in the school. Somehow she's able to get away from that. And she's also able to kind of like blow the school up to the point where she can kind of end everything. She doesn't kill everybody, but she does blow the school up in a way where it does a good job of showing that it's a period to this era of terror at this high school and as a result, the girl that was the fat girl who walked into traffic, she was confined. It looked like she was either confined to a wheelchair. I don't know if it was like for life or she was trying to recover. But Veronica finds her and befriends her and tells her, hey, you want to go to a movie? Do you want to get some dinner and go to a movie one day? Let's do that. And the girl is so happy that it just makes her life. And she kind of rolls away with Veronica smoking a cigarette. So I don't remember if Christian Slater died in that. I hope he did because he's dangerous. And, you know, let me say what this movie did well on. This movie did good on allowing me to escape. All the scenarios were so over the top that I really enjoyed it. It was entertaining. A. B. I enjoyed seeing Christian Slater. I always enjoy seeing him. I enjoy seeing um, Winona Ryder and Shannon Doherty. I enjoyed seeing them when they were younger. Um, 
I also like the fashion in that, especially when Nona Ryder, her hair was so healthy. I don't know how to describe that. Her her makeup was really good. It was very minimalist, very classic, and very feminine. I think that the girls nowadays could, you know, they could, the girls, you know, like the Instagram thought could, could really learn a lot from the makeup stylist of that time because they were very subtle and they made you look like you, but just a prettier version of you. Not a whole nother thing altogether. I enjoyed their makeup in that movie. And I really, as a girl, we, we look at that kind of stuff, don't we? It makes a difference. You making all the girls look like dudes in the movie is dumb. But um, her fashion choices were good. Probably because everybody loves this whole 80s. Any, any year except the one we're in, fashion-wise, they like that. So the throwback fashion probably was good because they're doing a lot of that now. But the fashion was really good. Um, I I just enjoyed the fashion and the makeup aesthetic. That kind of stuff was good. I enjoyed the escape. I enjoyed the um. I enjoyed how unapologetic the movie was, and it wasn't trying hard. These movies try hard to 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 be rough, and it's like you know, if I drop f bombs, I'm cool. I'm no. What was cool was watching those teachers in the teacher lounge smoke they little chain smoke they little cigarettes tell the tree hugger to shut the hell up and the principal have a complete control you knew who the principal was in that damn room because it is it exuded out of him and he was totally male he was totally masculine but he was older and he was like look i don't really have time for bullshit like what are you guys talking about what are you saying and i just thought it was refreshing that's a damn shame you got to reach back 40 years in order to enjoy entertainment but that's what i've had to do lately and now when you're on forums or you're talking to somebody and they get on the subject of heathers you'll actually know what happened it's a simple story it's nothing there's nothing to it it's enjoyable and it's something that you'll be glad you it's not that you're going to write a letter to christian slater and say oh my god you changed my life by making heathers you're not going to do that but what you will do like i am doing is you're going to be glad that you can add this to the catalog of cinema and lore namely classics and lore that almost got away from you because this almost got away from me and thanks to this podcast it doesn't have to anymore i hope to see you in season two or season three because this is the last of season two and i will talk to you on the next episode.